to kick off our inaugural AI applied interview series, I figured we need to start off with, you know, the, the bedrock of this podcast, which is, of course, Connor Grennan. Um, so we're going to talk to Connor Grennan a little bit about what AI tools he is using um, and applying into his workflows, what tools look really interesting that uh, he's seen in the space today. Really quick, though, Connor, would you be able to just give like a, I know probably everyone on the, you're, you're so famous, everyone listening to this already knows like your life story. But just for those that might be new, give us a quick like recap of what you're doing, uh, where you work and and like, you know, that that little bio for us. Yeah. High praise, high praise coming from the number one uh, AI podcaster, uh, Mr. <laughs> Schaefer. But uh, yeah, so I'm the uh, I'm the dean of students uh, MBA program at NYU Stern School of Business. I'm the head and creator of generative AI at Stern, which aims to uh, basically level up uh, students and faculty administration in a non, obviously non-tech way on uh, generative AI. Uh, a plug for my my wife, who is actually in AI uh, at McKinsey. Uh, she does uh, responsible AI, really, and uh, digital trust. So just love the work that she's doing over there. Um, but yeah, so I kind of, I don't have a, a background in that. Like I got into this uh, more recently, built out a framework to teach our students, ended up asking uh, heads of companies like, hey, how are you using this? They were telling me, you, you know what I'm going to say here. They were telling me like, yeah, we're not really using it. So they asked me to come and train them. So I was like, okay. And then the, my model just sort of flipped and it kind of goes, and one more second on that, it kind of goes to why we wanted to do this podcast, right, Jaden? Which is like, I think a lot of people sort of see that this is a thing, but they're not sure how to apply it. And you and I are both like you with AI Box. Uh, sort of, you know, the this, this startup that you have, which is, uh, you know, working sort of with workflows and it can really almost be agnostic to what you want to do. I love that. I was really attracted to that. And uh, and then what I do is I changed that whole sort of like teaching the tool and changed that to sort of teaching uh, behavior and how we work. And so that was how my paradigm shift. And that's when it sort of exploded. And I ended up, uh, you know, sort of things just kind of blew up a little bit. So uh, so I post about that every day on LinkedIn. Super, super cool. And for those that are not following him yet, you need to join uh, Connor's group of, you know, 50,000 fans. The man is a legend. He posts amazing AI uh, news, updates, information, studies, stuff you're just not going to find anywhere else. He breaks it down to make it super easy. So yeah, go follow him on LinkedIn for sure. Okay, Connor, kicking this off, what I want to ask you about is what are some of the top AI tools that you personally use in your workflow and that you're seeing um, out there that you think other people should be using? I want to tell you about today's sponsor, which is AI Box. AI Box is my own personal software company I'm currently working on, and we have officially launched a crowdfunding campaign over on Republic. AI Box is essentially a no-code AI app builder and marketplace, so you can chain together any AI models, put in your own custom prompts, and automate your workflows. If you're interested in investing in AI Box, you can go to republic.com slash AI dash box. We're raising up to $1.2 million, but we're really, really excited where this goes and excited to help you automate your work flows and bring AI to the masses with AI box. Yeah. You know, so for me, um, I don't want to sound boring and just say like chat GPT, uh, but that's the big one, right? That's sort of like the OG. That's kind of the, uh, you know, the mother load. It has a lot. It's sort of super smart foundational and everything like that. But, you know, Jane, I also thought sort of as I'm, as I was about to start talking about that, I was like looking that up and I realized that it appeared on this time magazine. Uh, top 200 inventions. There's, did you see this thing, Jaden? It's like 14 of them are AI. And I thought, you know, what about if we sort of just like rip through a few of these? Because actually yeah. it's really cool because a lot of them are 
things I actually use on a daily basis. I'd wonder, sort of, I want to hear kind of like which ones really appeal to you as well. And also some of them, you know, folks are like just ones that you didn't even know was like a problem. And you're like, wow, that's an amazing use case. So I am going to, um, yeah, you know, yeah, pull talk up. a little I bit saw- about that. I saw you posted it on LinkedIn. I scanned through them, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to talk to Connor and hear it straight from the horse's mouth. So, uh, that's yeah, it. cue so, us up with the uh, cue us up with the list. That's it. So let's kind of go through these guys because this is such a cool. I like. By the way, I'm I'm obsessed with countdown lists. Anything like, hey, the top ten, uh, you know, <laughs> Halloween candies. I'm like, oh, like I'm all over it. So that's my bias anyway. Now, I don't know if this is in particular order. I don't think that it is. I'd like to think that it isn't, but I don't know. Anyway, so number one on this list, there's just 14. Number one on this list is Adobe's generative uh, fill. And, yeah. you know, Jaden, you were posting about this on LinkedIn too, and you were talking about it uh, on your podcast the other day, AI Chat, which is uh, the podcast I've been following. I think I was your first reviewer on AI Chat back when I had even a different name. Uh, you know, if you've seen Adobe's generative fill, like, you know, that if you've used Photoshop, Photoshop was hard to use. And now literally you just like take a photo. The one that you were showing uh, was like the woman in the field. You just like swirl your into a, like a loop, your mouse. And all of a sudden there's that, and you write castle and there's a cat. All of a sudden she's walking toward a castle and it actually looks unbelievably good. Like the demos are good, but the real thing is really good. Have you seen, you've seen that one, right? Yeah. The, so of course, I think this is one of the most phenomenal AI tools, uh, image tools. And the reason why I think people are going to love like using this, applying this into your, your workflows and everything. Number one, of course, Midjourney is like probably the most famous and arguably like one of the best image generators. This one's more kind of targeted towards like editing images that already exist. And mm-hmm. the thing that I absolutely love about it is that with, uh, you know, something like Midjourney, you're just trying to create prompts for the whole image and in one shot, try to just like one shot wonder, get it to do it correctly. This is cool because you already have your image and you you can like circle an area and type in a prompt that's just going to affect that specific area on the photo. So it's like circle this area, generate a castle, circle this area, generate a tree, circle this area, make it raining. And it's like, it's so smart, I think. Um, yeah, so... Adobe did a great job with that. I will say for generative fill, there's a couple other places I do this. I use Canva a lot because mm-hmm. it's just so easy. Yeah. I, I have both. I have subscriptions on both, but like uh, for like my podcast covers, they're already just already in Canva. I have like templates. So when I have guests on and I'm like putting a new guest on, um, sometimes I need to use like a generative fill. So I'll to like, you know, their shirt got cut off on the side. So I like just finish the shirt off or whatever. So Canva does a, a decent job of this. I think Photoshop does a better job. Um, and it's Adobe. And the last thing I will say about this um, is Adobe is killing it in a sense that you never have to worry you're going to get sued because Adobe mm-hmm. has all of the licensing covered for the stuff, their AI generated stuff. They they like license the data set, whereas Midjourney, Dolly, they just scooped up the internet. Um, and so, you know, there potentially you could be infringing on someone's like copyrighted material. So yeah, love well, it. you know, that's the cool thing. And listen, like, let's hang out here for a second too, Jane, because I think you've touched on an interesting point there. And this is around the trust issue around the copyright issue. As you've seen, like a lot of these tools are sort of, you know, offering to indemnify their users against copyright, all that kind of stuff. And then I heard something really uh, interesting the other day, because I, I spoke at an Adobe conference, maybe I don't know, a couple months back or something like that. And I was talking to them and I was like, this is a really power move by saying, cause it's really hard to compete with mid journey because mid journey is outstanding. Dolly's only going to get better. You can speak to it in natural language. If you do not have an open AI uh, chat GPT subscription, people, 
if you tell me what else you're spending $20 on that's better. <laughs> Please. Than Honestly, I write in, say, no, Connor, I'm not doing that. Cause look, I got a latte and a half. So it, you've got to be out of your mind. It has Dolly. It has GPT-4. It has uh, what used to be code, uh, uh, code interpreter. It has, uh, you know, connected to Bing. It has vision. It has voice. Anyway, just saying. That aside, I'm not going to go on a rant. Jaden, Jaden, here's my rants all the time. On <laughs> but here's the thing about Adobe, right? Like, so first they're saying, you know, they're doing this with like Getty Images, things like that. Like, hey, don't worry. Nothing will be copyrighted. So if you create like a giant ad for like Coca-Cola, there's no chance that that ad after spending $3 million on this ad, they'll have to rip it down because it turned out it was based on Ronaldo. Do you know what I mean? Like something yep, like that. Yep. But one funny thing that I heard about this, and I wish I could remember the podcast, but I, I heard it on, but they were saying, they were talking to somebody, and this is really interesting. And I haven't confirmed this myself. I want to make that clear. But, th but the fact that it can't, uh, use copyright material is actually really kind of weird, right? Because if you say, hey, I want something that looks like Kermit the Frog, man, it doesn't know what Kermit the Frog is, right? It's like, oh, mm -hmm. this is probably like a toad named Kermit, right? It doesn't have a frame of reference for that because it can't use the copyright image. So I've actually had a lot of success with it. So I haven't run into that problem, but it's just a funny thing to consider, right? Yeah, I will say though, like as much as it's kind of like, is it a feature or a bug? Because at the same time, when you use like Dolly and and like even Mid Journey, they're having to like, when they get sued, they have to build these guardrails in where it's like, if you say, you know, like um, generate an image that's in the style of like this specific artist, they're supposed to try to like lock it down so you can't like cop. Right. Well, okay. I don't think they do, but I guess where it probably goes is if you try to publish that image you're in trouble and so eventually if you want to like safe image generation you kind of will want that so it's kind of interesting because it's like some platforms are like kind of banning you from doing certain things and it's just like they're just incapable of doing it regardless though you're not really supposed to say kermit the frog or mickey mouse <laughs> or like a trademark item isn't supposed to be in your prompt oh yeah. and to the point i think um adobe was like very early on this concept in uh i think it was like is it Shutterstock that they yeah. own? Yeah. Uh, no. Um, or is it, uh, it's not, um, I don't know. Yeah. iStock? Yeah, no. no, it's I okay, whatever. The people listening, they know what we're talking about. You can Google it. <laughs> the image, uh, you know, the stock image site that Adobe owns, Yep. Um, they, they said that it's okay to upload AI generated images to it and, you know, sell them, get money from them. But you have to also upload the prompt you use to generate it. And no nothing way. in that prompt that you upload yeah. can be like a trademark. It can't be the name of an artist um, or like a, you know, or like a, a trademark thing like Mickey Mouse or whatever. Other than that, you know, you're good to go. But I think uh, if you want to avoid lawsuits, like, <laughs> that's that's just what you have well so this is i mean the lawsuit thing feels like jaywalking in new york city to be honest right i mean like it feels like first of all you right. can do that in front of a cop you're fine now i'm not advocating for that i'm just saying sort of like what i think is going to happen however this is why you have to rely this is why class action exists right this is why you have to rely on places like the new york times who are making these lawsuits and everything and i think they're making a good case here right i mean like some of the big authors are making this case it's like the hollywood strike they're like hey man like we worked our whole lives for this you can't just come along and grab our stuff. But the reason why I say it's kind of like jaywalking is like, I mean, Jaden, you know this, right? Like, and if, if you all out there haven't tried image generators, first of all, do it and try a couple mid journey until it gets off to, I love mid journey, but I had to work at discord. Like to yeah, get discord in is, it's a, I don't get it. such a pain, but the image yeah. is great. But Dolly in Chad GPT, it's super easy. It creates really yeah, good things. Easy. You can talk to it, but to the, to the point about the prompt and putting the prompt in there, what I find really interesting about that 
is that that doesn't actually really do anything because it can't, it's never going to replicate that image. So you could mm-hmm. say, hey, do something around Kermit the Frog and apologize to that podcast. Gosh, I'm going to have to issue an apology at some point. Who is talking about this? But but there, you know, you could say Kermit the Frog, but then in your prompt say, oh, uh, you know, a fuzzy puppet frog or whatever. Because even if you said Kermit the Frog, it would never recreate that exact image anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, 100%. Okay, this is a fascinating topic, but Connor, you really got me hooked and uh, you, you can't leave me on cl- hanging on a cliff with those 14 other AI tools. So know, let's hear some other ones. I know, my one. gosh, right? This is the thing. Okay, here, let's uh, try to move a little faster through it. That's cool. But so anyway, so I'll just tell you how I'm not, this is not a ranking system. I don't think they're ranking. Okay, okay. Adobe Generative Fill was number one. OpenAI, ChatGPT, uh, or Generative uh, uh, GPT-4 was number two. Runway number three, going to pause here for a second. Runway, very cool. Runway is one of those fun things where you get five minutes or something free. It might have changed version two. Mm -hmm. And just say like, hey, just try this. Now, try something simple because otherwise it's going to give you nightmare fuel. Uh, Yeah. For those that don't know, for those that don't know, Runway is a AI uh, video generator. Yeah. So it's one of those ones where it's more like an indication of something to come rather than yeah. something that's super. Now, people who are really, really good at it are using it. I think people are sort of also, you know, you, you can put in existing images into Runway so you can make something in mid-journey, make sort of like almost a comic book yeah. series kind of thing and bring it to life if that's your thing. But I think for folks like us, Jaden, maybe it's just like it's kind of fun just to play around with it and see what the future is. Yeah. Um, so keep on going. So number four is, uh, I think it's Alith, uh, Alithion. Apologies. I don't know how to pronounce these, but like, this is very cool. You just take a photo of something and it tells you whether it's a counterfeit thing, like an Hermes yeah. scarf or something like that. But that actually Jaden right has like cool. real utility, right? Yeah. Yep. There's like a person that needs that use case and it solves their problem and it does it well. Very you buy cool. something, you're in New York City, you're buying this, you don't know. Or like going around the world, right? I mean, like tons of counterfeit stuff. And just in general, I think sort of like there's a lot of like, you know, police come along, like they're trying to figure out if it's counter. Like there's just a lot of stuff like that. And speaking of police, this is one of the cool ones. Again, apologies if I'm not saying this right, but it's like D-Drone or Dead Drone. And it's a citywide drone detection. And this is basically... It's like an invisible shield like over a city that detects, AI detects whether a drone enters that airspace, which is like phenomenal. You think about all the conflicts. You think about how AI is powering drones. AI is, we talk about the AI arms race. That's what we're talking about, right? Like this is part of that arms race. It just, it blocks it. I don't know exactly like if it just blocks it or lets you know that it's there or something like that. But this is like, Jane, you you and I talk about health sometimes. This is human life, right? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a super... A fascinating concept. I've seen a ton of clips like out of Ukraine and whatnot of, you know, drones carrying grenades and going and dropping them on soldiers, you know, both sides of the the conflict there. And it's, that's a terrible, sad situation. I mean, I just hate all war in general. So I mean, it's sad to see, but yeah, you see some serious utility there, uh, you know, terrorist attacks and whatnot, you'd be able to kind of help with that. So yeah, great tool. Yeah, right. And the drones are so easy to access. Yeah, access, sorry. So I'm going to bounce around on this list because I want to group that uh, down with number eight, which is Alert California with uh, Cal Fire AI Wildfire Detector. This is awesome. It detects smoke. It detects fire indicators. First two months, it reported 77 fires before a 911 call was made. Again, think about the damage that fire does to like lives, livelihoods, everything like that. Like that's what we're talking about, like the drone stuff. And Jaden and I are both really into this stuff. Like, when does it actually like save lives? Not like, oh, this mm-hmm. is awesome. We made a four minute video about like King Kong on a roof. Like, this is like saving lives. So those are some big lifesavers. 
I just want to sort of like jump back though to um, you know six and seven for the, those of you who are keeping score at home. Like Meta's seamless M4T instant language translation. Uh, you know, again, this is the stuff they call it like Babblefish if you've ever read or whatever it's called from like uh, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Just like instant okay, yeah. detection. That's going to happen. The other thing I just want to group with two other things. I don't know what this is. Remember the whole thing? It's called like So Vitz SVC. I don't know what that is. It's an open source. Remember the whole Drake and Weekend song? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that, right? And then the the, okay. the last thing I'll say, and so I pause to get your feedback on this, uh, stable audio, text prompt yourself, uh, text prompts, and it'll give you like, hey, I want chill beats. I want reggae, blah, blah, blah with That's text cool. prompts. How cool is that? Yeah, no, I think um, both of those last ones were audio ones that you mentioned. I think those are fascinating. Um being able to do like the the music collaboration stuff i know a lot of people are like oh it's impossible because of copyright issues it's not never going to be like viable well right now google is currently negotiating with sony to get the rights of their all of their artists to uh you know essentially do ai generated stuff on youtube so i think that's going to be a big area where everyone's going to be creating ai collaborations and remixes and whatever and the licensing is all going to be in place that's going to be a very interesting exciting wave in the whole music industry so those are some cool tools i think so too i just think that the create and again you know there's more and more artists kind of getting on board with this and so it'll be interesting to see in a year what feels normal uh i think that's really interesting um and then some of these tools obviously i'm not going to use guys but like it's one of those things not everything you have to use sometimes you just have to get inspired and trail guard ai is that for me it's it's a new way to guard our endangered species from poachers and even uh, predators. And so 30 poachers were like arrested in this test phase they did in East Africa. Like what? that's kind of, st- right. Like that's- the Okay, wait, do you like- know what it actually does beyond- okay. like- I have a picture of it and it okay. looks like just like a tiny like plastic thing. It's next to like an iguana. If that's what it is, it's like a foot so, high. So is it, so it's like, um you know, like vision. It's like a camera. Uh, that's the thing. I don't know. I couldn't figure out like sort of like what it actually does. I think, yeah, it's par- partially it's vision, but there must be like way more to this. I mean, it must track as if it's tracking like predators, <laughs> like protecting. I want to know how it protects an endangered species from a predator. Now, maybe it's just like a detection. <laughs> like I'd love like many like, you know, soldiers to come out and like, but this stuff is just, I don't even need to know. I just want to be happy about this. Do you know what I mean? Like, so no follow-up questions. I'm just happy whatever this thing is. You know, okay, so well, sounds right, fascinating. I'm going to I'm gonna double tap on it for a second. No. The drone one and this one, I have to assume that these are computer vision. Yeah. Like when they say it's AI, like what it does. Um, so probably like cameras that are like looking and then it's running it. Through, it's essentially running into a computer that's detecting what the objects are. Okay, drone detected. And then it like for the drone one, there's like certain signals you can shoot at a drone pretty much that block off the drone's um, access to its like controller. So like in the drone case, let's say there's a drone with like a bomb on it flying around New York City, gets detected, cuts off access to the controller. And when these drones get their access cut off, they essentially land. I'm sure we could, I'm sure terrorists or other bad actors will build in things that make it so that that's not the case. That's currently how we deal with drones. In the one for the, um, for protecting endangered species, it's got to be something similar where it's like essentially a camera, but then it's using computer vision to determine what the animals are. Yeah. And like when people are like, well, like, why is this AI? It's like because your alternative is there's a live cam right. that you have You're to have watching. like 100 people watching yeah. these live cameras to see, oh, look, the snow leopard walked by. Now, where is it going to be next? <laughs> like that's like outrageous yeah. and like a huge waste of resources if you could just have an AI that watches it. It tracks all the animals. Okay, my only criticism on all of this, which I'm sure will be surprising to some, 
is if it's protecting animals from poachers, yeah, that's fantastic. That's, you know, obviously terrible poachers, poaching endangered animals, terrible. My only thing that I'm like a little bit less optimistic on is like protecting animals from uh, predators. I feel like yeah. at some point when humans like just try to mess up with an ecosystem yeah. too much, I mean, like maybe we protect them by like, I don't know, putting them in like a safe area where there are no predators. I don't know. But like, it's like, oh, we're not going to let the cheetah eat any gazelles because the gazelle is protected. It's like, yeah, but then like, what's the cheetah going to eat? Because like, Jayden, oh my gosh, have you ever watched a Disney movie? Like, what do you have a heart? <laughs> I thought you had like children. Like, what is wrong with you? No, we are going to protect these endangered, sweet little animals <laughs> from the evil predators. Like, and, and, by the way, also in fairness, just to kind of counterpoint that, it's probably our fault that those things are endangered in the True. first place. True. So we probably owe them. We probably owe them something on this, right? We owe them a little protection. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's funny though? Like on that on that conversation, which I know this is getting completely derailed. So I'll try to pivot <laughs> back very soon. There's a list of animals that are considered charismatic animals. <laughs> and those are the ones that you're most likely like if you get an ad in the mail that's like protect the rainforest or protect something. It look at it. It's gonna be a panda, yeah, or it's gonna be a puppy, 100%. or it's gonna be like they, or a dolphin. Like they have yeah. like charismatic animals, and those are the only ones that, that we ever talk about. So it's like people aren't quite as concerned about protecting the endangered rattlesnake, like, the, like the in the Sahara yeah. Desert. Yeah, the spiders. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Anyways, funny that's, yeah. Uh, side fair. tangent. Fair, fair point. Fair point. I love that topic. Uh, just to wrap this up to kind of get us through this list here. So another one is OpenAI's Dolly 3. Again, the reason why that's such a big deal is that you can actually talk to the image generator. It's like having somebody alongside being like, hey, I don't really want that. I want that. I've used it. It's hard to get an image back. That's the only thing you can describe it as much as you can. But the really cool thing about Dolly 3, Jane, you probably used it too a lot, is like you can say, hey, remember that image that you created? What was the prompt that you used? How would I do that? So it's just an amazing co-pilot for you in terms of prompt creation, because otherwise it's just tons of iteration, as anybody who does this a lot will tell you. Um, that's that's pretty cool. And then uh, Audio Shake, uh, we're coming down to the final two, Audio Shake, uh, ton, you know, giant band playing, and it allows you to like just isolate uh, you know, one, so like the flute or something like that, right? Which is apparently like super hard. I'm not like, yeah, I'm not a big music guy, but Jane, you probably know something about that's that hard. too. Yeah, it's, okay. It's freaking hard. Yeah. That's and cool. then, um, and then the last thing is humane. And Jane, I think we've talked about humane before. This is the wearable pin. Uh, listen, we could do a whole episode on humane. I'm, I'm pretty bullish on it. Uh, but I love that it made the list because again, they're taking a big swing. It's a beautiful device. It was in the Paris fashion show. They got to get the trust thing right. They're trying that with the trust light. We're going to see how they handle that. Uh, but I think that the, the sky's the limit with that. And Jaden, those are your 14 Time Magazine top 200 AI, except the 14 that are AI list. Connor, well, that is a fantastic list. Thanks so much for coming on and sharing with us, uh, you know, all of these interesting new AI tools that are being used and applied. I hope that for the listener, this was uh, useful you know, to hear kind of like what's going on, what the top things are, uh, and some interesting use cases. There's a few on there that I had not heard of or was not aware of, but it's really interesting. And I got to go do my own independent research on kind of the list and how it all works, because you can hear me speculate on how some of these work or how they might, and I might be like completely off the mark on like the drones or like the endangered animal tracking, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that is just my uh, off hot take uh, opinion on some of those. Thank you so much for sharing those. To the listener, thanks so much for tuning in to the AI Applied Podcast. Um, hope that you learned some really interesting new facts and ways to start applying AI into your workflows, into your career um, to help leveling yourself up. Make sure to rate us wherever you get your podcasts and have a fantastic rest of your day.